0: Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Ah, it is going to work. Hey there, Post Institute. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder, coming at you live with the best little parenting show on the internet, the Post Daily Dose. Of course, I want to talk about these books really quick while people are logging in. Uh, we have this book uh, from Fear to Love that you can get on promotion at feartolovebook.com. You can also get it on Amazon. If you go to Amazon to get it, you can find this in print and you can find this in print too. So that is the only place you can get all three in print, but we're working on it. We're working on it, we're working on it. But if you wanna get it on promotion, this is a great grab, $7.95, and you also get some great bonuses. Uh, this workbook right here is a dandy. Um, you can get this in print on Amazon and also as an ebook on our website. And in this book right here, The Great Behavior Breakdown, all three excellent, excellent resources in your healing journey. Uh, and creating um, healing in your family as the family leader. So uh, yesterday I opened up the topic of sexualized behavior in children and child sexual abuse. And we're going to continue talking about that. Going to just try to break this off into um, kind of bite-sized, little bite-sized pieces. Also try to keep things um, where we can listen in short increments. Um, I am going to be doing a full educational presentation to the people who are ma- members of our New Parenting Revolution. Um, New Parenting Revolution. I'll put a link in the comments when I get finished tonight. Um, I'm going to be doing a full presentation for those folks, and then I'll probably open up some sort of way for people who want to just join for that particular training um, to find a way to help you guys be able to access it. So anyway. Uh, You can go back and listen to yesterday's recording when I first talked about um, just some elements regarding internet safety and what happens at the brain level, how hijacked we get with the dopamines that get flowing and how we perceive that we're in love, but we're perceiving that we're in love with somebody we've never met and haven't even talked to in person. And so that tells me That really what's happening is all chemicals. It's all the chemicals in our brain, the dopamine and the endorphins that get flooded when we um, begin to enter into those sort of fantastical, fantasy, fantastical sorts of relationships. So um, I actually had a couple of people reach out uh, after last night and to say um, how much they appreciate us talking about this difficult topic, about shining the light into this darkness. The word darkness keeps getting brought up. And so just to say, um, you know, I know that sounds very... I don't know, kind of hippy-dippy, super spiritual, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. (laughs) I really don't care. Call it what you want to call it. But, you know, we know that there are elements and we use the word darkness. We know that there are elements in our world that have an undercurrent of um, influence where people are not, they don't, they're not concerned about anybody's soul, they're just concerned about their own pleasure, their own gratification. And so whatever you want to call that, whatever term you want to connect to that, whether you want to call it evil, whether you want to call it darkness, whether you want to call it generational wounds, whether you want to call it generational perversion, whatever, you pick whatever word you want. But it's it's true, it's real, and it's there. And um, one of the things that I've talked about with a lot of people outside of the public (laughs) has been about the strong influences, the undertow and how, um, in that realm, because there is no concern for the children and their souls, that it's only for adult pleasure, adult gratification. Then there is, because children are the most vulnerable, um, that makes them more easy targets and, in a way, it's like a recruiting um I don't think that that's the outward intention I don't think that's an intention of that i don't even know what word to use. you can tell I'm struggling uh, I don't think that's like a uh like the agenda, but maybe it is, but I do think that that's an outcome an outcome is um When we have experienced those level of darknesses, um, especially when these wounds happen really early in life, then all of that, it's like our entire, just like we talked about other traumas, our brainstem gets wired around those traumas and um, it has a very significant effect. And we'll be talking about that more tonight, though, what I wanna talk about, because I wanna talk about that darkness. and I'm trying to figure out exactly how the best way to convey that is. So I'm gonna be working on that. But what I wanna talk about tonight, I wanna just talk about some statistics. I wanna talk about some facts so that we can understand that this is real and this is out there. So first, I wanna just talk about the definition of child sexual abuse. It is any sexual activity between adults and minors or between two minors when one forces it on the other this includes sexual touching and non-touching acts like exhibitionism exposure to pornography photography of a child for sexual gratification solicitation of a child for prostitution voyeurism and communication in a sexual way by phone, internet, face to face. All of that is a crime and is a punishable offense and is to be reported. Now, here's something interesting. Every time I come in to research this, because I want to tell you all the most accurate current information I can find, all I can find is research from 2006. I'm looking at data, I was Googling and researching, and I couldn't find anything in the last three years. And frankly, that really makes me mad. And that's like me choosing my words because it pisses me off. Because what that tells me is, why aren't we looking at this more? Why aren't we following this more? Why aren't we keeping better track? Why has this gone off the agenda of concern? Why isn't research being funded to help us keep track of this more and understand this more? And so that definitely has me concerned. So the statistics tell us that one, and this is an adult retrospective report. So this is adults who were abused as children telling us as adults this happened to me in my childhood. So from that perspective, one in four women and one in six men report having sexual abuse occur before the age of 18. So um, what we also know is that 73% of children do not tell anyone for at least a year. 45% of victims don't tell anyone for at least five years and some never report That tells me that if they are telling anyone, then that whoever they're telling is not reporting it. And that happens. That happens where a child may tell a parent and the parent doesn't report. Sometimes the parent doesn't believe the child. Sometimes the parent is in such desperate survival, addiction, uh, life just walking in life wounds and chaos and trauma of their own that it never gets reported and, and the children never get believed and they never get protected. Um, so that's some real undercurrents of this fact. This fact is 73% of children, of child victims, do not tell anyone about the abuse for at least a year. That means that the abuse doesn't get reported to someone for at least a year. of victims do not tell anyone for at least five years. Those are the facts. I am reading between those lines, thinking about stories I have been told, stories of families I've worked with where the parents said, no, I did not report. I didn't know what to do. I was afraid it was going to tear our family apart. I was afraid that it would mean so-and-so who is the provider in our family would be put in prison and then I don't know how I'm going to feed my children. So there's some real... Um, life tragedies that get spelled out when you read between the lines, and you work closely with families. Um, here's another thing I found very interesting in this article I'm reading. Um, we think of adult rape, and we get really upset. We get really upset, and we want people, we want rapists to pay. We want them to be punished. 70 percent of all sexual assaults that occur that are reported happen to children under the age of 17. So that means that only 30 percent of the sexual assaults that are reported are adult rapes and yet we get really really upset about that but we're not really able to I don't know what's happening that we're not getting all upset about this other 70 (sighs) percent. Youths have higher rates of sexual assault victimization than adults. That's pretty much what that's telling us. Let's talk a little bit about this is I think probably of everything i read and then I'm going to go over today about the facts. Just trying to keep it to the facts. We'll go more into kind of how this then manifests for our children in emotional challenges, but I think we got to cover some facts first. So, here's some interesting facts family structure is the most important risk factor in child sexual abuse. Let me say that again family structure is the most important risk factor in child sexual abuse. Children who live with two married biological parents are at the lower risk for abuse. The risks increase when children live with step parents or a single parent. Children living without either parent, meaning children in foster care, are 10 times more likely to be sexually abused than children who are living with both their biological parents. Children who live with a single parent that has a live-in partner are at the highest risk, 20 times more likely to be victims of child sexual abuse. So that tells me that there is something going on in this perception of uh, probably the combination of relationship the relationship we have with our children along with um, this perception that when you're not biologically related to someone somehow that is it means it is okay to have sex with them it could also be indicators of um, immaturity emotional immaturity Um, i find it interesting because in this article it talks a little bit about the perpetrators but not very much it's like we know so much more about the victims. Why don't we know more about the perpetrators? We know a lot about the statistics for rape, but why don't we know about who the rapists are? Like our, our way of collecting information and informing the public is so focused on people who are victims and we're not focusing on the perpetrators and that's really who we need to know about. Like we really need to know what the demographics are and yet, we don't really have much information about that. Let's read just a little bit more of this factual information, uh, and I'm going to include a link to this particular article so you guys can read it. Gender is also a major factor. Females are five times more likely to be abused than males. This is a, 2000 and a 2010 report, so at least we're in the at least we're within eleven years. I'm going to guess that this is changing. I'm going to guess that it's changing and that um, pornography probably has some impact on how that's changing. I know that the frequency of women watching pornography is increasing and so I can only guess that there could be a correlation. I don't know that, so don't quote me on that. It's just my mind going out there to wonder more and more because I know that there are females who molest children. So, um, and so there we go. Females are more likely to be abused than men. The age of the male being abused also plays a part. This is interesting. 8% of the, of male victims are between the ages of 12 and 17. 26% are under the age of 12. 26% of male victims are under the age of 12 years old. So likely... Beginning puberty, at the very beginning of puberty, and under, so the, the the line is ending when they when they begin to hit puberty. Age is a significant factor in sexual abuse. While the risk for children of all ages most vulnerable are between the ages of seven and thirteen, the medium age reported abuse for girls is nine. However, more than twenty percent of children are sexually abused before the age of eight. Race and ethnicity are an important factor in identifying sexual abuse. African-American children have almost twice the risk of sexual abuse than white children. Children of Hispanic ethnicity has a higher risk than non-Hispanic white children. Again, this is a 2010 research report. The risk for sexual abuse is tripled for children whose parents are not in the labor force. The same 2010 report, Children in low socioeconomic statuses, households are three times more likely to be identified as victims of sexual abuse. Most studies have reported that children with disabilities are at a greater risk for abuse. The latest research identifies incidents of child sexual abuse involving children with disabilities at only half the rate. I wonder about that. I wonder what disabilities specific are being looked at and how that's identified. Children who uh, live in rural areas are almost two times more likely to be identified as victims of sexual abuse. Children who witness or are the victims of other crimes are significantly more likely to be sexually abused. So this really paints a very interesting picture for our children, especially thinking about children who are, 12 years old and younger. I'm just going to kind of say that in general. We've got the 7 to 13 age range as being the median for females, um, but there's this big marker in this around eight years old. This other part that really gets me is the part where um, I think about how many single parents there are out there and so then i read this report that tells us that children who are in single parent homes where the single parent um, identifies a partner or a mate a live-in partner that they are 20 times more likely to be victims of child sexual abuse i've said before that when adults are not getting their needs met it makes it very difficult for them to attend to the needs of their children And this is kind of what I'm talking about. Like when adults are single and their intimacy needs aren't being met, the relationship needs are not being met. Um, Sometimes um, out of a need to get their own needs met, dangerous situations for our children can occur. It makes me pretty sad. That's pretty staggering, isn't it? 20 times children who live with a single parent that has a live-in partner at the highest risk, 20 times more likely to be victims of sexual abuse than children who are living with both biological parents. Right next to that, children who are living without either parent are 10 times more likely to be sexually abused than children who are living with both biological parents. Oh man, oh man, oh man. And here's the thing most people focus on trying to teach children to protect themselves and that makes me mad too because children should not have to be protecting themselves against adults we are falling into a place where a lack of emotional maturity a lack of impulse control are causing an uh, adult is causing dangerous harmful situations for our children and there are some things in our culture that feed that we we have this really strange american culture and i don't know how it is in other countries so i can't speak to that but the american culture is so hypersexualized you look at our music and you look at What we see on television, and we look at what we hear, the lyrics of music, what is so accessible on the internet. Everything is super hypersexualized, and yet all of that is teaching our children way more about sex than the adults are, than parents are, than, you know, the internet is teaching our children way more about sex than what parents are, what kind of background checks are performed. I'm guessing. You're asking that in regards to um, the statement about foster care and maybe even about partners. That's a good question. I wonder if, and I don't know, that's a, I mean, uh, we're just talking so well. Let's just talk. Let's just sit here like we're just talking, Lala. I wonder if, um, if single parents who are trying to date, who are trying to find a partner, I wonder if they ever do background checks. And then I wonder what background checks would even be helpful because I know working uh, as a person who's owned businesses that was responsible for the care of children, meaning group homes, um, you'd actually have to have FBI background checks that require fingerprints. So that's all really interesting. And as I say this, I mean, I'm a single mom. I've not had any luck dating and there's not been anybody that I've dated who's met my daughter because there just hasn't been anyone that I felt like was going to be someone who's really going to be a mate and a partner but if I got to that place um, I think I would ask my partner to do a full background check and I would be willing to do the same for them Um, to try our best to help assure that we don't have any secrets. And yet, I'm sure if you put that on the table, that could cause a lot of people to get really, um, that could cause a lot of disturbance in between the adults. Oh, you don't trust me? You think I'm this? You think I'm not? Well, I don't know what I think, you know? I know I want to keep my child as safe as I can, and I want to do my best to ensure her safety or his safety. That other piece of children in foster care, Being 10 times more likely to be sexually abused than children that are living with both biological parents. So that both biological parents thing is like, that's like this baseline that they're comparing everything to. I find that very interesting. And then it makes you, I mean, I can't help but say this. It makes you wonder if you're a parent and your child reports, would you, I mean, I'd be very uh, I'd be really anxious to report to child welfare, which is my duty to report to law enforcement. That's the law. And yet, if my child gets removed from my care, they're 10 times more likely to be sexually abused than if they were with two parents. I don't know. It's a really hot mess, isn't it? It's a re- That's a really big mess. Just that part of information is so um, humbling. Um, it, I feel like it's just... You know we can't we can't wrestle a bear unless we know what we're dealing with, and so this is giving us information about what we're dealing with. It tells me that single parents need a lot of support. That we need to do everything we can to um, help keep our children safe, and pour into those babies so that they feel loved. Because the other piece, you know, we talked about some elements of that uh, last night. That um, a piece of the puzzle is that when we don't feel good enough, when our self worth isn't being, when we're not feeling our value and our worth, that makes us more susceptible to predators. When we don't experience our full value and our worth, it makes us more susceptible to predators. That includes single parents who are trying to date. If you don't feel your value and your worth, then you are more susceptible to having somebody unhealthy come into your home who will not only be unhealthy to you, but potentially unhealthy to your child based on the statistics saying it's 20 times more likely to occur in a single parent family where there is a live-in partner. It's interesting because I'm also going to say this, um, because I am single and I've already put that out there and I have tried to date and I've put that out there and I'll tell you that was a big fiasco, but the plus of it, the plus outcome of the big hot mess was it got me reconnected to a church family and I desperately needed that. I was floundering and did not fit in out there in that world at all. And so I felt like my soul was being scorched every time I turned around. And so there was a good outcome, and thank God there, were, there wasn't any harm, but it was definitely a painful process. But what I found interesting is one of the first questions that people ask about when you're trying to date has a lot to do with your sexuality and your sexual preferences, and also questions about do you have daddy issues? Because a lot of times people will date out of their wounds related to their parents. So for me, like the opposite sex parent tends to be the one that triggers those Oedipal complex sorts of issues. So I find it very interesting that, that there are people who will prey on your wounds. And they will prey on your wounds in a way for them to get their pleasure and satisfaction to manipulate that. It's not a process of healing. It's a process of manipulating those wounds so you can get revenge on your father. So, it's pretty complex, isn't it? Ha. Ah. Well, making sure you feel your value and making sure your children feel their value is becoming a very important piece of parenting, isn't it? Because it's going to be a very important piece of what helps them keep themselves as safe as possible. As they get older, as they try to enter into relationships, it will help them. It will help them when they know that they are loved when they know that they are precious when you look at them with eyes that adore them i had another conversation today that i wanted to share because it was so on point to this and it was not about sexual abuse but it was about a person who was really like they they put a picture up asking about what you know my hair is falling out i'm in my early 40s i've got this going on anybody have any suggestions blah 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 people were talking and I didn't have any because, you know, I've told you guys I'm not, I'm not like, that is not my area. I'm not good at that stuff at all. I'm just not that. It's just not my thing. Um, but I didn't because I know her. I said, but, you know, I just hope that when you look in the mirror, you do see that you have a beautiful soul because she does. She's one of the most amazing, beautiful people you could ever meet. And her response was this I had the blessing of being adored as a child. Therefore, every time i look at myself in the mirror i see that so you take that little bit of knowledge and you go make sure your babies know how much you love them make sure that the love you have for them shines from your eyes it shines from your soul from your energy that look of amazement i know sometimes they get on your nerves i know sometimes there's a lot of conflict but every day At some point in every day, push pause on everything that you're stressed out about. Because this piece of loving on your babies can be a game changer. It can change everything about how they view themselves. Everything about how they see themselves. I am loved. I am valued. I am worthy. Help them to feel so connected to you by playing with them. Wrestle around on the floor with them. Play a game. Go out and play some catch. Take a walk. Listen to music together. Have a dance party in the kitchen. Flop on the bed or watch a movie. Read a book. Whatever it looks like in your family. This time of planting these seeds of love, everything you're wanting for your children is right on the other side of that. And remember what Brian tells us, in any given moment, we can act out of our blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm, or we can take one to two to three deep breaths and we can choose love. I hope you guys choose love as often as possible. And we'll be talking more about this topic throughout the week. So we're going to be going deeper and deeper. Join along. If you guys have thoughts, questions, comments, you're welcome to send them through the DMs or put them in the comments. I do read through. Much love to you guys. Have a blessed evening and we'll see y'all tomorrow.